new school year, but make it affordable. With Target, you can get everything you need for back to school without wasting time, money, or style. Deck out your room with colorful $5 bins, aesthetically pleasing $20 coffee makers, and cozy sheet sets for $9.50, and all the tech you need to succeed. Then get to planning those back-to-school looks with $5 wild fable tops and new parachute pants. Yeah, those are back now, too. Here's to a great school year. Shop back to college at Target. I think it's a really great episode for people that love history. Um, also love to hear about the formation of not just a company, but really this was the beginning of the formation of, of an industry with business brokerages right at the beginning of that, that time period. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome, everybody, to The Deal Board. We have a really exciting series coming your way. So Andy and I have been doing this almost about three years now, and we've looked back at all the episodes and the stories we've told of successful businesses, successful entrepreneurs. And the one big story we haven't told is our story. And the trans world story is one that goes back to the seventies. It's a great example of entrepreneurship. There's a ton of acquisitions, there's growth, there's franchising, there's all kinds of things we can learn from as entrepreneurs. So we've got a four part series coming your way. We're going to do the first two parts over the next two weeks, take a break, and then come back at the end of the year with the last two parts. But today we're telling the story of the early years, going back to the seventies. And Andy, you've got a few different interviews um, to tell that first part of the story. I do have a few different interviews. It was tough. I'll tell you to try to piece together the history because again, I have Don and Bonnie Parrish who I bought the company from and I have their interview. And of course, the history uh, with Don and Bonnie, we know it very well. We were here, a lot of us, uh, including Tom Jones, who's still with us. And so great interview with them, know the history and able to trace it back. But before that, Sid Blake owned Transworld, and Sid was kind of the founder of Transworld Business Brokers, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And Sid was kind of, um, who's a wild man, smoked a lot, drank a lot of coffee, was supposedly a salesman, salesman, very creative kind of guy, was in the jingle business. But anyway, he passed away, unfortunately. And that's what had his wife sell the business to Don and Bonnie. So the history kind of, was hard to come by, but I was able to track down his daughter, Janine, and I was able to interview her about the Sid years, which was very nice to catch up with her and also piece together some more history because Sid really wasn't the originator, originator of the name. He was the originator of the name Transworld Business Brokers, but before him, Gary and Irene Posner owned Transworld Realty, which was the uh, initial business in the space that Transworld Business Brokers was eventually born. I'll talk about that in a minute. And Gary and Irene, again, great realtors in the realty business. And that's where Transworld originally came from. And then there was one step before that, uh, which we put together with all these records. So we have those three interviews with Matt Posner, uh, Gary and Irene's son as well. Yeah. So a lot of great history. It took a lot of work on your part to track all this stuff down. I know the timeline's a little shaky. So maybe we could just go through like kind of an overview of the timeline of, of what years we're talking about in this first episode. Yeah, it's interesting. So I went back to the corporate records in Florida and tried to trace the name Transworld and who started it. And again, through some of these stories that I got from some of the people that uh, we interviewed. So uh, in July 26, 1974, Maury Finkelstein uh, forms Trans-World Realty Corp. And he opened, he was a very dynamic guy from the stories. He, again, another salesman out there. And he opened up a few offices for selling insurance and selling title and selling real estate. And he was headquartered in Plantation in Sunrise. And he was trying to open up a bunch of offices at some point in 1979, we're not sure of the exact date, Gary and Irene Posner, and Irene, who was supposedly an amazing salesperson in the uh, real estate business before Transworld, decided to branch out on their own and partner with Maury at Transworld and open up the Fort Lauderdale office, which was our original home 
however, downstairs. So in uh, they eventually, that partnership broke up. And in March of 82, Gary and Irene Posner formed Transworld Realty Corp East, which was at our original location of 2801 East Commercial Boulevard. They eventually, in the early 80s, hire Sid Blake. And Sid Blake was a guy from, and you'll hear it about it in the uh, in the stories from his daughter, was from uh, the Baltimore area in the jingle business, decides because of health reasons to move to South Florida with his wife, Greta. And in 1986, um, because the real estate market was having a tough time, Gary and Irene were kind of out of it. They had some other partners flowing in and out. It's a whole story. Uh, Sid decides to move upstairs and form Trans World Business Brokers, Inc., which was the original company we were formed from. Again, uh, always on our moniker, they were saying since 1979, since 1979. So uh, in J January of 1988, they, they formed Trans World Business Brokers, Inc. Uh, in 1993, unfortunately, Sid passes away uh, and Greta sells Don and Bonnie Parrish uh, Trans World uh, Business Brokers, Inc. in 1993, in May of 93. And eventually I come along and that's the second part of our story. Yeah. So there's a lot of movement in this first part, but I think it's a really great episode for people that love history. Um, also love to hear about the formation of not just a company, but really this was the beginning of the formation of, of an industry with business brokerages right at the beginning of that, that time period. So lots of great stories. Um, like I said, we've got three more parts coming your way after this. So stick with us and we hope you enjoy our story. You'll love it. It's really interesting. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. So I'll start this off by saying, uh, uh, number one, uh, it, it, it's kind of funny to look back. So I actually interviewed Janine Sid's daughter. I, I, I interviewed her for about an hour. It was pretty funny. She's a pistol. Yeah, so she is. She had some nice, you know, things to say about her father, which was kind of nice. So is her mother still living? You know, we didn't we didn't talk about that. She kind of glossed over it. I have a funny feeling she's not. Um, but her and her mother were pretty close. Yeah. That was good that you were able to do that, have an interview with her to get some more history from the very beginning. Yeah, which is, you know, kind of interesting and trying to piece together. You know, it's it's funny. We, you know, we were, we've pulled some, we found some old documents, which was nice. I found that uh, brochure that the two of you did with the picture of the two of you in it, which was nice. We found a box full of stuff. So I, you know, we, we have a little bit of history. We had all kinds of uh, marketing agreements from, you know, 1980s and, uh, it, you know, it's, and they had different letterhead like uh, Trans World Realty and Trans World uh, Century. It wasn't Century 21. Which, which one was it? I forget. But um, no, let's, I, you know, so she told me, you know, her dad passed away. Spring of 92. So her, I guess he passed away from a heart attack. He was said that she described him as a guy who smoked and drank coffee all day long. And so how did you happen upon the trans world opportunity? Well, you know, I had lost my job with um, Pan Am. They had closed their doors in December of 91. And I went to work for the Chamber of Commerce at Fort Lauderdale and I went down to sell a membership to a business broker in North Miami Beach. And while I was there, he offered me a job as a business broker. Mm. And I said, well, what does a business broker do? You know, and this was in 91. Right. And I said, I don't know what a business broker does. So he explained it to me. He says, I would love to have you to come and work for my firm. And I thought, well, that's nice. So I came home and I told Don, you know, what this guy had said to me. And so I got in the yellow pages and I started looking up all of the business brokers that was in Fort Lauderdale area. 
And with that, I went out before we had even went to real estate school, and I, I interviewed Sid was the very first one at Trans World that hmm. I interviewed. Wow. And then I, then I went to, um, who was the president of the SBDA for a long time? Ken Severn. I interviewed with Ken, and then I interviewed with Barry Cohen. And they all sort of laughed at me and said, you don't even have a real estate license, and you're looking to go into business brokerage. And I said, well, we're thinking about it, my husband and I both, because we were looking, because he was getting ready to leave IBM, and we were looking for a business that we could both get into. So I went, we both went to school and got our real estate license. And Don still continued at IBM, and I started to work up um, in Boca for Soap. Right. And that's where, that's where I met Tom Jones and Jerry Efros, and then later on met Frank Filer. So I got some basic training that Tom Jones had had from the brokerage firm that he worked for in Raleigh, and was working up there and was not really happy with the whole scenario. And so... With that, was a Sunday evening, and I'm looking at businesses for sale, and I came across the business brokerage firm. So Don and I called right away on Sunday night, and on Monday, we had an interview um, with the secretary, and we spoke to Greg Waddick, who was um, the, the attorney for Transworld. So with that, we decided to move forward and to buy the company. So we went ahead and bought Trans World Business Brokers at the time from Sid's wife, who was selling it. But shortly after uh, getting into the office, we find out that there was eight or nine salespeople, but the listings were worth nothing because there just wasn't enough information on them. So Don let the whole staff go except for one gentleman whose name was George, and he was a broker. We have to, by the law, we had to have a broker, a licensed broker, to sign off all the documents. We kept George on, and we kept Sue, the secretary, on. So from the very first day that we owned Trans World, the phones were ringing, and people were walking in the door, and Sue, the secretary, knew just about everybody. She, she really did a great job in helping us with the transition. So from there... I was trying to get my book Don had to wait a year to get his broker's license, and so then he started to get his broker's license before the year was up so that he could qualify then as the broker. So then we went on, and we had to, we wanted to join the SEBA because we found out that that was the going group at the time. And so we were interviewed by King Seven and Baccarella from up in Boca. Wow. And we had to have, at the time, we had to have five listings to, to qualify to get in the FDBA. And Don and I both, after they left that day, we said, well, I guess they're just sitting there laughing in their shoes because they're saying, look at these two crazy people buying a business. It doesn't have any listings of any sort. You know, and they paid all this money for it, and they don't know what they're doing. Right. Through the training of the FDBA and Tom Jones, who had some wonderful training, and he became our trainer from the very beginning, uh, he was hired on as a trainer, um, we started to progress forward with getting more listings. So networking became the key word. We had to network. So I was still, we both were still members of the Chamber of Commerce, so I went to a lot of their activities. And Don got involved in a couple other networking groups. Um, and as it turns out, we kept moving forward. And we upgraded our status in the Chamber of Commerce. And then we went to um, the top level, a trustee level, in the Chamber of Commerce. So that gave us a lot of pull there. But the people that are in the Chamber of Commerce basically are very successful business people. Right. So we really didn't get a lot of leads from them, but we got referrals from their friends. So that's what helped us to grow. Wow. I'll let Don talk from here. Um, also, when I went in uh, to the business brokerage firm, there was only two or three women in Southeast Florida who even belonged to the organization. And some of them were just working in the office, and some of them were not active in the field. But both of our feelings was that 
as a team, we could do very well because Don came from the IBM management team level, and I came back. I came from both vocational education and from owning my own businesses. I own 13 businesses over the years. So the combination of all these things made us a good team to move forward with the company. I felt like a long time ago, Andy, that um, salespeople are aggressive, but they've got somewhat of an ego, usually, if they're, they are successful. Now, there were two things necessary. You know, if you put a lot of heavy egos together, they're going to clash. So I figured the best thing to do would be to have a, a meeting once a week. And if there were any misunderstandings, you could keep everything on a, on a level. And also, was very important, was the dress code. You know, if we were going to be a professional office, we had to look a little professional. Right. So that's why we insisted on the dress code that we uh, that we went with. And uh, that, that seemed to play out very well. And we had an opportunity you know, every Thursday to uh, put up our new listings and talk about them. And then if there were any concerns or overlaps with other uh, offices, we could get them on the table so that I could address them after the meeting. So... That seemed to work real well, and and I know you've continued something similar, and I was glad to see that. Oh yeah, we your Thursday that, morning um, meetings, your Thursday morning. A lot of energy into growing the company, and I think um, when the company was sold to you, Andy, it was probably the biggest brokerage firm in Southeast Florida. We had a name that was recognized. Um, I was fortunate enough because I I owned beauty product services that. Even the other brokers from other offices, every time they would get a listing for anything related to beauty, they would call me and I would give them a referral. So I got them into the little niche market, which made it very, very good because every week I would have a new listing and probably a sale. So I was averaging two to four sales a month. They weren't big, big deals, but they brought the money in. And from the very beginning, when we started and we bought the business, John said, we are not going to take any income out of this business for six months. And after six months was over, we started taking $5,000 a month as our income for the two of us. Wow. But everything I made and everything he went made, we put back into the company to continue to grow the company. And that's exactly what we did. We kept expanding where we were located on Commercial Boulevard. And we kept taking more rooms and more rooms and more rooms. So we took almost over the whole top floor of the offices there on commercial. Yeah, you did. The um, people that come to work for us were almost hand-picked, including you. Um, but basically, we had a family. We had people who cared about each other. We knew everybody else's children. We knew everybody else's grandchildren. We knew when there was weddings, we got invited to them. So it became a very large family. And I know the way you're expanded, that's really hard to do, but you still have a nucleus there in the office. I don't recognize a lot of faces anymore, but I still recognize some faces. And when we get invited back, which we do periodically to the functions of the awards ceremony, you know, I look around the room from the very beginning and I see gentlemen who were brokers who are now working at Transworld. And it just does my heart well, Andy, what you have done with the company that we left you with and how you have grown it. And the international part of it is just unbelievable in the franchising that's going along with it. Yeah, at this point, Andy, um, you know, about the time that uh, you came on the board and about the time that we bought the business, I guess it was a paradigm that, you know, uh, 6% was the uh, commission. And uh, even even somebody as experienced as Tom Jones couldn't believe that you could get more than 6% commission. And, uh, you know, when you came in, and, and I tried to express to you, I know that Tom was uh, taking the lead on the training, but you can ask for any amount. You know, you uh, you're not restricted to 6%. And as I recall, I think you were one of the early ones that got more than 6%. Maybe it was on the fish market. I don't remember. But, um, you know, once we broke that paradigm and guys were not afraid to ask for 7%, 8%, later on 10%, and 
And then we had some people that were asking for, for more than that. Now, some businesses, as you know, requires a lot of footwork and a lot of follow-up. And, you know, you certainly have earned 10% or more. Sure. So I thought that was a nice breakthrough in the whole business brokerage industry to break that 6% paradigm. Yeah. I, you know, I agree. And, you know, when I got there, it was 10% already. And I, I, I did one of the early ones uh, that we did for 12% was shoreline recycling, if you remember. Shoreline recycling was 12%. Okay. And, uh, we just sold very funny, uh, for the son. If you remember the story, the, the, the parents had passed away and the son owned shoreline recycling and we wound up selling, uh, we just sold a business for him in Orlando. I think it was our fourth or fifth business we've sold for uh, Steve's. It's good. It, 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 you know, it, it still lives on. How many offices did you have when you first took over the business? How many rooms? You, you, you did. You expanded. Three, four. Yeah. Three, we, had the, we had the secretary's office and then the office that Don had. And then we had the one that Tom Doan had by himself. And then he, the one that was across the hall. Yeah, that was my office. So it was, you know, it was a great, and I'll tell you the, the Thursday morning meeting lives on and not only lives on in South Florida, but it lives on all across the world. Uh, people have weekly meetings. So that is something that, you know, we, we feel is very important and people have done a great job with. And yeah, there's incredible people that have joined us over the years and, and we do try to keep that family, uh, relationship going and, uh, you know, you guys just said, or, you know, a wonderful foundation for the whole company. And so, you know, it's still a very proud company and you guys set the bar pretty high. So Bonnie, and, and, and by the way, you are absolutely a trailblazer in the industry and doing so many deals. Do you remember like how many deals you did? Like what was your best year? Well, the best year was my last deal before I retired in 2002. <laughs> And that was that was the ninety three thousand dollar commission. Yeah, but w- w- how many deals did you do in one year? What was oh, like the biggest? I probably averaged from twelve to twenty five a year. On yeah, the you were you were very prolific. I remember that very well. And I don't think anybody is specialized like you had you did in in salons. You did such a wonderful job. I remember you writing in books and things like that as well. Well, let me let me give you one little tidbit. You know, I got invited um, to a lot of women's groups to speak on business book reads because nobody knew anything about it. And some of these women, you know, worked for somebody or some of them had their own business. And one of the things that I used to say when I started out my conversation was, my experience being in this field is a business broker, is a man who smokes cigars, and wears polyester pants and, of course, white socks. So that was always my explanation of what a business broker looked like when I came into the field. That's great. And how, and you, you also worked for Pan Am, obviously. So how much did you take away from that, like, customer service kind of experience? Well, I've been in pretty much um, customer service from very young age because I own my own hair salons. I own five hair salons. And then... Um, I got into um, teaching in a vocational comprehensive high school and then into administration. So I've really dealt with customer service from the very beginning. And it's so important, you know, how we, how we treat our, our clients that we're working with. And it's, it's just part of me, you know, it's my personality and I realize that. And I realize that I've always been a good salesperson. Um, but it just was a niche that I fell into because I could speak the language. I could speak commissions. I could, you know, speak the language of what people were paying. And I could walk in a salon and talk to the owner and within 15 minutes would know whether it was a sellable salon. And the biggest thing is in deals like that, because a lot of them were not big salons, but you have to walk away. When you know it's not going to sell because the salon owner is the business, so many little things that were taken into play that I learned over years of experience. But my problem was I could have sold any kind of business because my background was in vocational education and I had 28 teachers under my supervision and they were from auto mechanics, machine shop, electronics, drafting, food service, nursing, 
So I could speak all of the languages, but it just was a niche that I happened to fall into. And it's good to have a niche. It's like to realtors, when they farm an area, they'll be very successful because their name gets around. Right. That's great. So Don, let me ask you a question. Um, you. Okay. I'll, I'll have to repeat it because you're so faint. Go ahead, Andy. All right. So Don, you spent a lot of time at IBM. And so what did you take from IBM and your work? At, and I talk about your, your years at NASA. What did you bring to trans world that, you know, you think kind of from that experience? Well, I believe, uh, Andy, I, I went through the military and, uh, I never graduated from college, but my aptitude test when I went and applied for the military qualified me for some extremely high electronic training and uh, become an inertial guidance mechanic. So it gave me uh, a technical background and some confidence in that area. And then when I come out of the military and IBM offered me a job at uh, Cape Kennedy on the space program, and I went to work as an electromechanical technician doing hydraulic work and everything else. And I worked my way all the way up to being the uh, panel operator for the first, first moon landing in 1969. From that, you know, the space program cut back. So um, I was asked, I was invited to go to Rochester, Minnesota, or Fishkill, New York. So I went to Fishkill, New York as an electromechanical uh, technician and built my way up in, in the department and became the manager of that department of uh, technicians that maintain all the sophisticated equipment. And then I was picked to uh, head up an engineering department that uh, managed all the metrology, which is the very precise uh, measuring equipment that's necessary for the semiconductor business that has to be traced back to the uh, national standards in Washington, D.C. So I got a kind of a varied background in uh, manufacturing engineering, uh, development engineering, and, and metrology. I think I went to many, many um, management schools and uh, you know, I learned a lot of tools of management. I wish, in retrospect, obviously, that I had uh, graduated from college and uh, I had professors that were working for me that uh, told me I could qualify and go in at a certain third year at least. And if I wanted to finish, and I chose not to do that at the time because of my age and my family situation and everything else. But what I learned at IBM was organization paying attention to the details, and one thing for sure, follow-up. I mean, uh, you know, you gotta, you got to take care of the details and everything else seems to fall in place. That's probably the real simplified version of what I learned at IBM. Well, that that's great stuff. I mean, yeah, and that obviously translated right to Transworld. So without mentioning the company's name, um, there, you know, we, you all had a background, uh, with, uh, some training and business brokerage. So, you know, talk a little bit about how much of that kind of survived and how much you kind of added, you know, your own kind of take to what you did to kind of train the new agents, the, the ones that you brought on. Well, one of the things that when Don and I was talking about buying this business, I was very, very impressed with Tom Jones when I was working with him at Stoltz up in Boca. And I was impressed the way he was making deals. And, and you know this yourself because you sat and listened to everything he said when you had an office across from you when you first started. So, I mean, including the, the color ties that you wore. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I still tell that story. John, the the only way I would consider this, considering we didn't know what we were getting into at the time, the only way that I would consider this is if we could get Tom Jones to come on with us as our trainer. And we'll pay him a little bit more commission to start and let him train all of the people that come there to work because the basic training is the most important thing. You have to understand what you're doing. And if you don't take the time to do that, you're, you're going to have unsuccessful people, salespeople, and that's what you don't want. And the biggest thing I think is so hard for people coming into the business brokerage um, field is to know that you have to be able to survive, survive on your own for at least 
six months. Some people are lucky and do it in three or four, but before you see that first commission check, you've got to have to have enough money set aside that you can survive for six months. Right. And I think that is a hard thing because so many people today, I mean, the kids, they, they just don't set money aside. And I think that's why when you find the older gentlemen and ladies coming into the field, they have been successful and they probably have succeeded to have money set aside that they can get by without a paycheck. But when the paychecks start coming, they're good. You know, they really are good and you can make a lot of money in this business. It's just up how much effort you want to put into it. But I think the training is one of the most important things that um, any business broker needs to have. And if you don't have a good trainer that has a good background in it and has success and has had failures, it's hard for anybody to relate to what's out there until they get into it. That's great. And so to kind of wrap everything up, uh, if you were uh, going to give people advice who were thinking about joining uh, Trans World or joining uh, our, our our company, what would your advice be to those people? Well, basically, don't think it's an easy job. It's basically a Monday through Friday job, but follow-up is one of the biggest things. Once you get your training and once you get your first or second listing, the biggest complaint we had from sellers was, well, nobody's bothered to call me. So follow-up is very, very important through the whole process because once you get the listing, that's just the beginning. From there, it's, you know, the attorneys and the accountants and the owners and the partners and everybody else. And the staying power. And the staying power to stay with that listing until you get to the closing table. And to pay your expenses until you get commission. Yeah. And to be the staying power to stay in the business until you get the commission. Okay, great. So is there any uh, last uh, parting uh, thoughts you have before we wrap up the interview? Yes. Um, Don, you know, is a proud person and he doesn't want to speak about this, but Don was the chairman of the Corporate Automation Council when I met him. And he went all over the world for IBM, and they actually paid him a, a sabbatical leave for a whole year to just go with an unlimited budget to go anywhere he wanted to go as far as international training or learning the processes for doing automation. And we never, ever thought that Trans World would be international, but you've taken it to that level, and we are so proud of you because you're like the sun to us. Thank you. You, yeah. you. you guys set such a great foundation. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You're welcome. But you're the one that's done the work since then. <laughs> it's been a lot of hard work, but it's been fun too, as you know. I know. And, and the fact that, you know, the other thing, Andy, that you do that is so remarkable to me that both you and Allison has got on board now that the girls are off to college and everything, but the fact that you do so much for the community and giving back that takes a lot, a lot of time. You know, we both have done it in different things we've been involved in. Yep. And it, it does take time. And we're so proud of you. We speak of you so highly as if you were our own son all the time. Well, I, I consider you like a mom and dad, of certainly of trans world. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing you at the 40th anniversary party. And uh, we'll have a good time. We'll be there. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Everybody, we're back and we're talking deal of the week. And we are with just Justin Lefebvre from Trans World Business Advisors of Central Florida in the Vero Beach area out there on the Treasure Coast. Or that's what they call it. That's right. Treasure, yeah, Treasure you're right. on it. Right. So beautiful part of the country. Uh, if you've never been to Florida, certainly. Great place to go. Justin has been doing deals for us up there, and you got a good one for us today. I really do, Andy. This was a unique situation. I had a friend of mine that I ran into while I was getting tires at the tire store, and that's what works. And so <laughs> I talked to him, and he said, you know, I, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay, well, obviously, you don't want to talk in front of people. We keep everything sure. confidential. So he calls me after we leave, and he said, hey, I know what you guys charge in commission. And I've got to admit... I didn't want to pay your commission. And uh, he said, I'm halfway into a deal right now. 
with a private equity group, and I really don't know what's going on. Uh-oh. So, uh, <clears throat> so I said, well, let me take a look at it and see what I think of it. And I, I looked over the LOI, and uh, you know what? I can probably do better than this if you want to list with me. This is what I think we can do. At the end of the day, he gave me the listing. In six months, we ended up selling that same list, selling that listing to the private equity group that made the original offer for twice what he was originally asking. Wow. We definitely justified our commission. That's awesome. So good lesson there. Uh, he sold it for twice. What kind of business was it again? It was a landscape and landscape Mass control company. Right. And uh, he, uh, we ended up selling it for a million dollars. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So good deals for good people, good especially your people. friend, right? Yeah. It's so, always good to do a good deal for a friend. Right. So if Justin, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? You can reach me directly on my cell phone number. That's 772-925-2675. Or you can email me directly at jleffabuehler at google.com. The great guy, Justin. Give him a call. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Thanks for all right, so we are here with Janine Aronson, and that's her married name, and she is the daughter of Sid Blake, who was mm-hmm. a the original owner of Transworld, or I, I actually started the business brokers. business brokers. Right, right. So, so why don't you clear up that story for me uh, to begin with? You know, we're celebrating okay. our fortieth <laughs> anniversary somehow, and why don't you tell us how? You know, Sid wait, came wait. upon wait, wait, wait. I have to sit for this. Hold on. 40th. It's been 40 years. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh. Um, we, get, we got moved down here in 1980. He was sick, staying up north. There was no other way of making him feel better than to get him into the sunny tropics. So the only remedy back then was to move to an area where they had very few climate changes. That's how we ended up down here. Well, in the interim, while he was up in Baltimore, he was working for a company that was in sales as far as they created jingles. He kind of thought, let me take this to Florida. And the company's headquarters had moved down here to Fort Lauderdale. So it worked out good. And uh, he continued for a little while. But, you know, like everything, eventually things just aren't meant to last forever. So... Having been a person who has worked all of his life since he was nine years old delivering newspapers, and <laughs> he had to have something to do. Right. He comes to me, he says to me, want to go to real estate school with me? No, I already have a profession. Oh, come on, help me study, and it might be good for you. Well, all right, he sucked me into it. He just needed a study partner. He figured once he got going, he got his license, he wanted to specialize in something. What better else to specialize in but business? Because he'd been a business owner all of his life. He, he went into, I think the real estate company at the time is just called Trans World Realty. Right, it was. It was owned by Gary Posner, Gary and Eileen Posner, sweet people. They did not have a rental division or a business division. I think Leo actually was trying to develop a commercial business. But there's nobody in there for businesses. Right. So that's where that's where Sid um, jumped in on it. I think he was like frothing. Right. So we got it going. In the interim, I got the rental division going for them. And then it became too much for Trans World Realty to take care of. So my father made him an offer. And he bought out the name Trans World Business Brokers because it was this little, we developed a separate entity within Transworld. Right. And uh, we, but we stayed in the same building. We went upstairs. That way, if anybody downstairs had come across um, something or someone who would be interested in a small business, they were like that dog oh, God, almost every day somebody would come in. They could just call upstairs. Right. And, and you and spun that off like what, 1982 or something not like that? That was, we spun that off almost immediately. I think it was um, about 80, 83, 84. Okay. Uh, within that year. Okay. Because we worked at least to get our feet wet, at least a year. We got our licenses, I think, in 82. And we worked at least a year getting familiar or re-familiar introducing businesses. I mean, as far as knowing what you have to know to make a successful business, we already knew that. Right. You mentioned another name. It was Gary and who, Posner? Gary and Eileen, husband and wife, who actually owned the real estate company itself. Uh, I don't even know how they got into 
real estate, but they were real sweet, sweet people. They were in plantation or they were downstairs? They lived in plantation, but their business was here on Bayview and commercial. Okay. 2801, I think is the address. Yeah. Yep. It was. So from there we moved upstairs and he hired a, a couple of the, the realtors, the guys from downstairs, um, they wanted to advance themselves and they felt like you know, businesses would uh, try and sell businesses would be better. So we, we branched out and we specialized mostly in mom and pop shops. The big jobs were of course were manufacturing companies, distribution companies, reef, reform comp- companies, remanufacturing. Yeah, sure. The name got out really fast. I was really surprised. It's to a point where companies were coming to us. Like, for instance, the man who owned Honey Bee that was uh, made in Florida, he came to us, came to my father, looking for um, someone to join him Mm. Um, because he was an older guy. I mean, he came down with this shirt that I don't think he ever took off his back. I mean, it was so sheer. The collar was shredded. Um, so you can't judge a book guy by its cover. It was a phenomenally successful business. He was just getting too old and couldn't handle it by himself. So he needed someone to join him. Yeah. That's what he, that's what this fellow was looking for. Okay. Um, my father had a, a a saying: you don't judge a book by its cover, and you really don't. One of the guys came in and, and um, welcomed. I mean, he came through the door when this fellow walked in. This older man, and right away turned away turned him away on onto my father. Well, you know, it was like, oh, my God, do you realize who you turned away? And then he ran across a fellow. I don't know whether you're familiar with him. Um, Jenkins Barbecue down. Yeah, sure. sure. Okay. Well, Mr. Jenkins came to us. He wanted to take his barbecue sauce and go public with it. But mm. he needed help doing it. He had the, the restaurant. He had his kids working in the restaurant. And he was making money hand over fist, but he didn't know how to advance it. My father got him together with the right people and then slid on out. He got a lot of satisfaction with just helping people when it came to putting them together with the right people. Yeah, we, so, we, we talk about good deals for good people all the time. Oh, let's see. One of the other businesses that I actually sold, I sold um, King Transmission out in Plantation. There was a mattress manufacturing company down in Miami on Miami Avenue, North Miami Avenue, I think it was. It was, I don't know whether you're old enough to remember, but there was used to be a commercial where this genie would float across the screen on a carpet, a magic carpet. Well, that carpet was supposed to represent these mattresses that this company made that felt like you were floating on air. Right. And he actually had probably the most um, prosperous business of all of the ones that we ever had. And I flipped my owner from the, the my buyer from the, uh, who bought the man, the uh, transmission company into buying that company. Um, but you know, not everything works. So these, these guys were depending on these big sales and a lot of times they wouldn't come through. So that would be my father. So he was a super closer, but my father stuck it out. Even after I left, he stuck it out as much as he could. For right. as long as he could, um, he unfortunately passed on while he was still in the business. Right. And um, then you guys came along. Right. I and think yet, you guys. No, no, no. Well, it was Don and Bonnie. Another team came along. It was Don and yeah. Bonnie. Yeah. Tell me, uh, Greg Blodick was one of the early attorneys. Greg Blodick, Greg Blodick was the attorney all along. My, my father and him latched on, and he was a he is a phenomenal business attorney. Yes, he is. Um, he retired, by the way. Work with him. He, oh, he just retire? retired. I, in fact, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to get him on the phone. Yeah, and so your dad, you know, from what I uh, hear back in the day, he he used to like to talk to all the buyers. He used to sit in the conference. Oh my room. god, he was a talker. He would spend hours in that conference room, and they just they just ate it up. And his stories truly were not elaborated. They were, he was not a liar. Right. He he didn't elaborate. They were dead on. And it just captivated these guys. And I think it made most of the buyers, even if they didn't buy anything, trust him. And he would, he would explain to them why it was so important that they had to be qualified because naturally a successful business is not going to open up to a stranger 
if they don't qualify. Right. So he would finally, he would sit down, sometimes it would take hours too, and he would get them to understand and whatever the seller needed, whatever they required, my father could get anything out of that buyer. Yeah. And then, then once the um, deposit was on the table, then the seller would open up to them. And in most cases, it was really a successful situation. Right. Yeah. And you sold a lot of businesses back then, huh? We sold a lot of them. You don't, rem- um, you don't remember how many a year or anything? I, you know what? It wasn't like that. We were actually pre-computer. Right. Yeah, no, so I know. Was, we have some of the paperwork. Know, we just found some of the paperwork. It's pretty funny. Did you really? Yeah, like Transworld Realty and all that. You know, that might be before right. um, Gary you, Posner took it. Right. Okay. And it, was there so, would, did Gary have a partner at one point? Gary? I, no, Gary never had a partner, but he, um, one of the realtors, um, Michael Adler, right. he bought into it. Okay. And then eventually... Uh, in fact, um, what was the other guy's name? There's another realtor, realty company around um, whose daughter is running it now. I think her name is Susan. What right. the heck is his name? I think it starts with a P. But anyway, even he bought into it. And then, of course, by then, my father, you know, he was out. He was upstairs and doing his own thing. And they slowly, these other guys slowly changed the name of from the Transworld Business Broker to um, um Michael Adler's name and somebody else's name and somebody else's name combined. It almost sounded like a law firm. I actually yeah, have, and, a, and, I have a card from your mom that she wrote me that has <laughs> some of the history of it. And mm-hmm. uh, she mentions uh, Michael Adler and Vordermeyer. Vordermeyer. That's the one. That's the one. And then, but there was another one in there. And Michael. There was a third one, but that was a short. Oh, Chisholm. Adler, Vordermeyer. Adler, Chisholm, Vordermeyer, I think is what, is what the name went by for a little while. Interesting. Very brief. I don't even think it made it two years. And that was before you started Transworld Business Brokers? No, no, no. That was after my husband, after my father, after Gary and my father parted ways split and went separate ways, but stayed together as far as business. Then Michael joined Gary. Um, I think really Gary was trying to slowly get out. And then Right. I think my I don't really know the full details, but I think maybe after that, um, Michael bought him out the rest of the way, or else these other two bought him out. Right. Leo would know that because he's been with he's been with this whole situation since um, Gary and Eileen. Yeah, no, I'll interview Gary. I mean, I'll interview Leo as well. So uh, I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll ask him some more questions. Wow. But uh, you know, I I I beg my father to. Take care of himself, even after I was gone. He was such a workaholic. He thrived on coffee. When he drank coffee like it was out, gone out of style, he's the one that really should have bought a, a coffee business <laughs> in, in supply and um, cigarettes. Between the two of them, that's what he survived on. Right. And consequently, in 1993, he passed away from a massive heart attack. Wow. Yeah, but so his body was, you know, he didn't eat properly. It was a little skinny, me, a little mealy warm. Yeah, so kind. I have a picture of him. I'm looking at it right now. So, yeah, he's a handsome guy. He was, a, he was a really, he really, really, truly had a good heart. But he was a little twisted. You know, <laughs> every, everybody else would look at him like you are out of your mind, and I'd have to come up along the hunt and and explain his actions, right? Um, because. You know, they, some people have an inferiority complex. And it wasn't to a point where he had to be the center of attack, attention. It wasn't that at all. But once he started something, so he always stayed in command, I should say. And it would irritate a lot of people. Um, so he didn't have a whole lot of, well, he didn't have any friends because he was a workaholic. But he didn't have a lot of good business acquaintances because of that. Right. Um, the only one that could understand him truly was Greg Vladek. Well, they hit it off. Like, I'll have to try yeah. to catch up with Greg. Well, thank you so much anyway, for calling. I can't, I can't think of anything else. I mean, it was pretty simple. We started out in 1982. Our very first listings were little listings, say not even $50,000 for the sale price. One of them was a, a little Italian ice manufacturing company. It had accounts. They had a little retail storefront. And he had accounts in the public schools and um, some of the 
uh, sporting event centers. Wow. And then another one was um, a packaging. Packing ship, yeah, packing ship. Yeah, packing ship, that's it. Well, you, you know, they actually, back then, they sold little orange trees. And you could sell, you could send the orange tree or you could send a, a huh. you know, a bushel of oranges. So we had a bunch of those for sale, different owners, different times. Um, it was fun back then. Yeah. Hey, did, so do you, do you remember any listings that, or anything that we sold that you think is still around? Like Tom Jenkins is, of course, a name that's still around. Um, on Davy Road. Back then, we sold a ton of of the um, video stores because hmm. that was so hot before blockbusters came. And then a lot of the little mom and pop shops. You know, that it, most of the time they were somewhat elderly couples, so that the kids don't want the businesses, so they have to sell them. And, and the people come in. And, yep. you know, it's very difficult to to pinpoint. Now we did do some business with Tennis Realty. Every now and then. Um, they would need a, t- a certain type yeah. of business. And I remember Gene and Gene Tennis, and uh... pretty much it. It's just a you know, it's just a, a little a little fellow from Baltimore that worked his butt off since he's been nine years old. Smoked cigarettes like uh, he was a chimney when he was nine years old, and uh, just became a professional smoker and coffee drinker. He was phenomenal with numbers. I never saw. I have still to this day, I've never seen a man that phenomenal with numbers. He can he could memorize everything and anything when it came to numbers. He could tally up any type of a question that you had regarding well, how much is this and how much? And suppose you, uh, how much would it be a total if you added your surplus to your your net and then you have to deduct your expenses within a second? He has this through his head and to the penny he had it figured out. Right. He never lifted a finger to, to figure out any of that stuff. He just knew it all. And you said he had a big heart. Oh, my God. He really did. He, listen, when I was a baby, uh, well, say um, six or seven years old, he was raising two families. He was raising his ex-family and my brother my brother and I, who were stepkids to him. But they were, we were both family to him. I mean, both of us. And when we were seven, seven of his kids, period. So I'm actually the stepdaughter. All right. Well, that, you know, that gave me a lot. So I, I, I really appreciate it. I, you could feel good that something that you guys started is now the biggest in the world. And yeah, I, you know what? I can't, I really can't believe it. It's wonderful. So. It'd be nice to, to be able to look back on it and actually see it in writing who the actual founder was all those years ago. And that you guys are going strong. Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you for telling me the story. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Great talking to you. Great talking to you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is Listing of the Week, and we are with Todd Bailey from Trans World Business Advisors of Wichita. Wichita. And <laughs> Wichita. Go Shocker. Yes, go shocks. There's it. shocks. Sorry. Take your pick. I'm trying. I'm trying. So, <laughs> they both work. Everybody knows. Exactly. <laughs> so you have a very hot industry, the HVAC business. I do. It's an HVAC company, which is all pretty excited about this listing because construction has been well for, done well for uh, everybody across the country. I think we've got a, a 35-year-old HVAC company in Wichita with uh, six employees. We've got it listed at $925,000 with an SDE of about $325,000. Yeah, so say, and I know the multiples on construction have been large, mm-hmm. so this sounds like a very reasonable deal. I'm sure that you have some SBA financing. We do have pre-approved from multiple locations, so it's it's ready to go. It's ready to go. So yeah. there's been around 35 years. I mean, I love businesses that have been around for a long time. We love them too because they're established. Everybody knows the name. Everybody knows the brand. They don't have to build it a lot. Um, the employees have all been there for a long time, so we're pretty excited about this one. Great. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Todd at tworld.com or 316-214-6875. Excellent. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. We are talking about the history of Transworld, and I am here with a family member of Transworld, always will be, Matt Posner. And Matt 
why don't you give us a little introduction of how you're related to this all this and I've mentioned your parents before, but why don't you start and tell us a little bit of the story? Yes. So my dad had a real estate office in Fort Lauderdale in the late 70s, early 80s. It was a Better Homes and actually was a Realty World office, and then it was a Better Homes and Gardens office. And it was during that time where interest rates were very high and real estate deals were, you know, hard to come by and not many people were buying houses at the time. So my dad, with one of the associates in the office, they came up with an idea of why don't we sell businesses? Right. Because the businesses were not being affected by the interest rates. If you were buying a business, chances are you were going to buy it for cash or an owner would hold some paper on a business every once in a while. So it was a much easier transaction at the time. And I think that the state just started regulating that aspect of it where I don't think earlier you had to be a licensed realtor to sell a business. I think anybody at that point could sell a business. And so the regulations were much easier and there was less things that you had to go through, less hoops you had to jump through to sell a business. So they came up with it. My dad started working it and they started being very successful with it. And, you know, so that was the office on East Commercial, commercial right so that was the so but what was the name Transworld? where did that originally come so my from? dad was partners with a guy by the name of maury finkelstein i'm right. sure you've heard that name before so maury had started in plantation and had an office in plantation where he started Transworld realty and my dad became friends because my mom had actually gotten to the business i think in like 1975 76 when we'd first moved to davie and this is going way back when David no, was, was, was a one-light town. It was, it was crazy. People were still riding their horses, horses to the right. Hitching Post restaurant. For those of you that go back that right. far and know Davey. But, uh, and it was an interesting town because we came from North Miami Beach, which was heavily Jewish, which we were Jewish. You know, and moving to Davey was very country. Uh, the KKK was still prominent wow. back at Jeez. that time. They still hold, held their meetings. Uh, in in Davy and and I had some friends in high school that fathers were, you know, members wow. of that, and it was you know just an interesting time. So my dad being on the east side of town in Fort Lauderdale, which was a very unique area at the time, because you had what I will call old money, and a lot of people hadn't really discovered Fort Lauderdale yet. It was still kind of you know getting its way, and you had some areas, you know, the waterfronts were you know kind of getting built out. And businesses were really starting to come through that, you know, that commercial boulevard corridor was always heavily business, heavily retail. So, you know, he got the office from Maury. They were partners for a while. And then my dad decided to kind of go it out on his own because my dad wasn't really big on being partners with people. And it was just partnerships are always tough. So he kind of got the idea of doing the business thing and kind of, you know, went his own way with the business side of thing and started selling businesses and it kind of took hold. Right. So they were on the East commercial side and then eventually your dad decided to do something else and, and left Sid to, to do his thing. And, and, and Sid was great. You know, he was a cool guy, you know, interesting character. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Sid. So Sid was just one of these guys, you know, just, he, he had this way about him that you just wanted to hang out with him. Right. You know, he was just a cool guy, you know, had been in business his whole life, you know, successful guy. And I think he was just trying to looking for something to do. Like it wasn't something that he was needed to do or had to do. He did it because he loved the industry and he was, he was a great salesman. I mean, he was a guy that can sell you and he looked the part, you know, always dressed slick, (laughs) you know, wore the big room glasses, hair was, he was always impeccable. You know, the guy was always, you could just tell that the guy took care of himself. And um, yeah, so they had a great relationship. They really did. I mean, they were, you know, my dad was a little younger than Sid and, but, you know, Sid was a good influence on my dad because he kind of kept him focused. And then my dad decided that wanted to do some other things. And, you know, the, I think the, the real estate itself was by itself was not really doing it for him. And so he ended up actually getting into development and partnering up with another guy in the late eighties and started doing real estate development, which is what I started getting into and got my GC license. Nice. So I kind of followed in that real estate. And talk about your mom a little bit too, because it's a, so my mom is a who's who in real estate. She was an amazing salesperson. She just was 
very dynamic. People loved dealing with her. She was very thorough and she was very passionate about it. She really loved the industry and she worked her butt off. The only thing she wasn't too happy about, because we lived in Davie, having to work, you know, my mom was very much into working her backyard, which is what they tell a lot of, you know, back. Yeah, sure. Now it's very different. You try and get anything you can, but back then it was really stay in your backyard, you know, work, canvas your own area, right. you know, versus she had to drive, you know, her office worked out of the Fort Lauderdale right. office on the east side. So driving from Davie to Fort Lauderdale and having my brother and I, I mean, I was a little older at the time, so I was driving already. So it wasn't that big of a deal. My brother was a little bit younger, but she wasn't big, real fond of having to drive to the east side of town. Right. Although the prices on the houses were more money, it was just a little bit difficult for her juggling. But she was just an amazing go-getter. You know, she just loved the industry, was very passionate about it. I mean, even to this day, you know, people come, oh, is your mom still in real estate? Oh, she sold me, you know, really? my first house and things wow. like that. And, you know, we have a good friend of ours. I don't know if you know Kovac Automotive, Joe Kovac, and those guys are right in Davie. But he sold Joe, Joe's parents their first home. And I still, I'm still friends with Joe, you know, 35 years wow. later. So there's lasting relationships. And that was my mom's whole focus. You know, she's probably still friends with some of her clients that she worked with years ago. And she actually, you know, would, would sell somebody a house and we beca we'd become friends with them and we'd be over their house playing. Oh, I just sold them this house. So she was very personable and just had that way about her and, you know, was just uh, amazing in the industry. And, 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 and just to kind of wrap it up. Uh, you didn't mention your mom's name, by the way, Eileen, Eileen, and then, and your dad, Gary, Gary, right. And Gary, and talk about Gary a little bit, just what your dad was like. Well, my dad was just, first of all, he's a brilliant man. I mean, the, the, there wasn't anything that he couldn't do. I mean, if this guy, if he wanted to be a brain surgeon, my dad could have been a brain surgeon. He was great with numbers. He was a great salesman, great negotiator. I mean, I, I, I was telling you the story yeah. at lunch about sitting in a car dealership, 1974 trying to buy a Monte Carlo and you know he'd leave like three four times just to <laughs> just to negotiate. just to negotiate and I think the price of the car at the time I mean probably you know back then it was like 3500 maybe four grand for the car which today is probably 30 grand right but he negotiated every single dime out of that car that he could and ended up buying the car and it was just one of those things but he was he was just you know he oh he was an idea man which I kind of have yeah. followed in that in his footsteps in that regard. But, you know, always had great ideas, always had a passion for business, was always looking for that next, you know, what was going to get him that next, uh, that hit or, you know, what was going to send him into that upper echelon. You know, right. he was always looking for that next thing. Well, and it, it, it was an interesting time, but he was great with his hands. I mean, we learned, we had to do projects at the house with him. We build sheds, we build fences. You know, one day we moved into the new house and I put a hole in the wall because my brother and I were playing basketball in the living room. And my mom said, well, you better fix that hole before your dad comes home. So this is before Home Depot. I get on my bicycle. I drive to the local hardware store. I tell the guy I got a hole in the wall. I'm, I think I'm 12 years old. And he says, okay, here's what you got to get. Get this stuff. And here, this is how you do it. Guy, you know, gave me, he gave me a little trick with some newspaper, put some newspaper in the hole and stuff it in there. And, and I fixed the hole and my mom was like, damn, that's pretty good. <laughs> you might have a career. <laughs> so you you know, my dad was just one of those guys. He was great. You know, he, he, uh, I wish he would have stuck with the business thing a little bit longer. Cause I mean, obviously what you've done is just amazing Thank at the you. business. I mean, I really compliment you. Thank you. you. You guys are just the leaders in the industry and it's, it, well, it's just awesome. To it see. sounds like we came from good beginnings though. Good we did. Family. Yeah, we did. We did. I can, I, I, and we talk about that because yeah. I think we have a lot in common in, in, in so many ways, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he just drove that work ethic into us, my brother and I, and you know, I work six days a week and I, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll be 59 this year and I don't think retire. Uh, you know, I, retirement is not in my cards. You right. know, I just, I can't, I got to keep going. Well, we're going to work on some things for your business, but that's, yeah, no, that's, a, that's another a, story it, for another day yeah. once, once we get that going. But yeah, but, it, was, it, was, it was an interesting time, and, you know, I, I, he was onto something, obviously, right. and, you know, you well, saw it through, and, and here it is. Well, we're, we're proud of it, and that's why we wanted to capture some of that history, so thanks for giving us no, those you're stories. Welcome. Yeah, appreciate it, it's Brad. great. Thank thanks, you. Brad. Appreciate it. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, we're back. 
and it is Listing of the Week, and I am with Justin Lefebvre from Trans World Business Advisors of Central Florida, and he is really on the Treasure Coast there on Vero Beach, and he has a great restaurant, and we've seen these restaurants come back from, from COVID, and they're cranking right now. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. This one's beautiful. They have a nice little place on the water. It's a marina bar and grill, and... Uh, They've done a great job. The rebound has been awesome. They're uh, netting somewhere around $550,000. Their real estate is included with the purchase price. Wow. Four and a half million uh, and a four COP liquor license too. So uh, it's a great business. Uh, Increase year over year for the last 15 years, except for the COVID. Except for COVID crisis, right? So so sounds like a great deal. I mean, people, they're not building much more waterfront these days. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so it's, it is very hard. I'll tell you, in Florida, if you want a waterfront restaurant, they don't come up for sale often. And when they do, they're highly sought after. So absolutely. Yeah, it's a good one. So it is a really good one. So Justin, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? You can reach me on my cell phone number directly. That's 772-925-2675. And my email address is jlepifuer at tworld.com. Excellent. Thanks for coming in today, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. 